This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. It's the longest serving credit union in Utah. Cypress Credit Union is here to help with all your financial needs. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles to his own show. Joe, good morning. Hi, good morning. <laughs> Trapped in your hotel room, first in Boston, Boston, now in Washington, unable to walk around some of those walkable cities. You sound a little depressed, Joe. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not as fun as it used to be. We had to go out and eat and do it, like you said. I mean, we can. I think we're allowed to go for a little quick stroll out, sneak out, and get out and for for a quick walk. But yeah, not much. Uh, not much going on. A lot of testing and a lot of sitting in the room. You have that cross-country flight the other day. Uh, when Terrible. you guys are, uh, I was going to ask you, what do you do on in that situation? Because you're cooped up in the hotel. Now you're cooped up in a plane for a. That's probably the longest trip you've you've been on as an NBA player. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was like five and a half or something like that. Five forty yeah. or something. They end up taking. Um, we could have just kept going the other way and going to Melbourne. It would have been uh, <laughs> back home. Would have been able to see see some family. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone does different stuff. Guys are obviously watching movies and stuff. We play cards for a little bit, but um, had a sleep. It was like it was one of those. It was like flying to Australia. Where you can do like twenty different things, and you look at the time, and you still got two hours left. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was obviously a bit of a a kind of weird scheduling um, obviously had to be done for whatever reason and you just make it work. So I think the decision to, f- we could have obviously flown after the game, but we would have got in at a ridiculous hour. So we stayed the night and flew the next day and um, yeah, ended up obviously kind of working out all right. I think guys felt decent. Um, I don't think everyone, anyone felt great after getting off the flight and doing all that. And we got in, really late um, well not really late but, but late in terms of leaving the hotel at 9 or something and getting in at 6 so it was a full day of travel and um, to come out and play well yesterday was, was good after that So uh, I'm curious as a guy who grew up with grandparents who didn't have TV didn't have video uh, they played a lot of cards and as a kid I played about 100,000 different card games cribbage, rummy, gin gin rummy uh, hearts, spades, I mean, go on forever. What What is the card game of choice? Uh, it's actually called Bure. It's a kind of version of spades. Um, I don't exactly know the difference because I'd never played spades. I only got, I got introduced to Bure as a, as a well, not young guy, as a NBA player. Um, so, yeah, everyone says, to, like anyone that you try and teach the game to, Everybody says, oh, it's like spades, which I've never played spades, but I guess it's like that. So, um, 
more honestly more of a time waste than anything <laughs> else. I think for a lot of us, you, like I've I've sat and played cards for for a long time now at the table, and some of honestly like some of the best conversations and stories and stuff like that I've ever heard has been sitting at that table. So um, we we honestly play for for fun of sat there and like Joe Johnson telling crazy funny stories like anyone anyone that's kind of it's obviously on on our plane there's I think there's two tables where four guys can sit around so just to sit, honestly sit with the guys and, and talk and laugh and it, it makes the five and a half hours go a lot quicker so um, yeah it's fun I don't want to make a big deal about one game and say, oh, my gosh, uh, the Celtic game was a must-win. But I think it was important to win. How do you feel about that when you go into that game where you lost the game, you didn't play well and all that stuff? Do you, do you think of that mindset or do you just take it as another game along the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I don't think at this point it's, it wasn't like we were, we were down uh, 3-1 or whatever. Like it wasn't yeah. a must-win. We didn't... Uh, if we'd lost, we weren't knocked out of the NBA. Um, but in terms, like you said, like it's important, and obviously we wanted to get back on the right track, and um, we hadn't played well um, for for those kind of first two games. Even the the first game out of break um, against Houston, we obviously won the game, but we gave up a twenty or whatever point lead. But um, played well in stretches, I guess there. But obviously to give up that lead and then. Golden State was probably more bad than good. So obviously, coming into this one, and, and obviously, like Boston's a, a really good team too. So I think just making sure, um, and that's where I think the the long flight and the long day and all that can or could easily be a distraction. And oh well, we we did have a a long day of travel, a full kind of full day of travel. It's it's easy to chalk it up as a a bit too like kind of a little bit too hard and, and move on to the next one but I think everyone obviously the way we played those first two games we, we wanted to kind of flick the switch a little bit and, and, and just get rolling a little bit I, I think I don't think we'd played I think we shot 43s I don't know if we'd shot 40 in those first two um, if we did it didn't feel like we did I think we played a lot more like ourselves yesterday um, on both ends of the floor defensively and, and offensively Um so yeah, it was it was good to, like I said, kind of flick that switch on how we had played those first couple games, and and again get a good win against a, a really good team who's who's playing a lot better than kind of what they were at different times this year. So in the time I've been here, a lot of jazz players have come and gone, and you forget a lot of stuff. But there's usually a snapshot or two for each player you kind of remember. And I think when that time comes for you, what I'm going to remember is you hitting a three in front of the opposing bench and more often than not turning over your shoulder and telling them something as you head back down court. You did it again against the Celtics, and I'm wondering, when you do that most of the time, is it just for the sheer joy of talking trash to the bench? Is it because you know somebody on the bench and you need to specifically talk to them? Or they've been yapping at you and we just don't know it, and you're getting in the second word because they fired the first shot. What was it against Boston, and what is it usually? Uh, usually, it's A, B, or C. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't mind. L- last night, um, one of the young guys there was 
obviously I, I think it was one of the ones Donovan or whoever threw it to me threw it high and I just shot it from where it was and they yelled something out and I just turned and gave him a little wink um, but yeah I mean it's honestly obviously if there's a guy I know I'm more than happy to say something to him um, obviously it was a lot more fun when the bench was a bit kind of like closer in mm-hmm. the normal um, seating arrangement because there was everybody was right there Um when now you just get a couple of them right there. So, um, yeah, honestly, it, I just whatever. I, I, I think a lot of the time, you, I mean, if you're in that corner in front of the bench, you, uh, and it, 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 I guess it's the same on the other side when the crowd is normally there and there's courtside seats and they're literally like one large step away from you. <laughs> um, as they see the ball coming or whatever it is, and obviously uh, having a shot that looks a little funny and awkward probably doesn't help too. Um, but it's more of like a, you go going to catch the ball and they're yelling something to try and distract you or whatever. So just got to let them know that I don't get distracted by these people. <laughs> they don't bother me. <laughs> it's fun though. So you also had something to say to the referee uh, during the game. I thought you got fouled. It's kind of foul. They sometimes call. Don't, don't. Do that every game. You do, but this was a little different. And I know that uh, you know you're a vet now, and you've got a little bit of a rep, and you see them, and they see you because it's not that big a league, right? And so I'm wondering how much of it is just the emotional moment. You just say whatever, and how calculating do you have to be when you talk to ref? So A, you don't get a T. B, you don't get another bad call a couple possessions later because the guy's uh, mad at you. And C, possibly you even get the good call a couple possessions later because now he realizes what you saw and he's looking for it. How do you play that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, I think it's different. Obviously, Golden State, I, got, I think I got probably over-frustrated at um, the non-call or whatever it was, and I obviously got teed up that game. Um, and I don't enjoy getting teed up. I think sometimes sometimes it can kind of, I guess, make a point or um, kind of fire your team up a little bit at the right time. And obviously, you know, you're giving up a free throw for it, but if it's the right time and, and all that, I think sometimes it can be effective. Um, I can't remember what I was talking about last night, <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, there was one position I remember walking out there a couple of times and asking them a question because it was, we thought Boyan was getting held, like he was holding his, or he was holding his jersey. And I was just trying to, like if, I think sometimes, and this isn't even on them or anything really, but just realizing that like a pull of a jersey can make more of a difference than they might think. Um like if he doesn't hold boy on his jersey, he comes off a pin down and he's probably wide open to shoot it. He grabs his jersey and pulls the boy out and kind of turns and looks at him or tries to push his hand off and it kind of like junks up that whole possession. Um, I remember talking to him about that one time. Like it, it might look like nothing, but it, it affects it more than I think they they think or like even the the players think. Like it's because if Boyan doesn't turn and look and try and like hit his hand off or or whatever, then Maybe he comes off and he's wide open. Um, obviously, with Rudy and Fave screening, it's probably more of a chance he is wide open too. So, um, yeah, just I, I, obviously I'm going to stick up and support my teammates in every situation that I think is necessary. But there is a fine line, I guess, too. I don't want to. Uh, you don't want to be in their ear the whole game because they do 
sometimes they do like Zach who teed me up the other night was like just stop like and I was like well it's not about just like stopping or talking or not talking it's like I thought you missed the call and I thought it was an obvious one like and then the same thing happened down the other end like and you caught like it's just a so you got to be you got to be smart with it. I've had I've had a, a few uh, a few ones that I've obviously gone too far and and Sometimes I just try and stay away. There's been games where I'm like, all right, I'm not talking the rest of the quarter. Like, I'm just not <laughs> just going to mind my own business and see what happens. How much at all do you guys pay attention to the standings now? Uh, I mean, I couldn't care less, to be honest. Um, no, I mean, uh, I know we're up there somewhere. I'm assuming we're still first after the break, but I could be wrong. You are. Um, no, you're right. Oh, we are. Um, I live and die by them. <laughs> You're gonna live live a sad, miserable life if you live in time by the standings. Thank um, you. <laughs> no, I think just. I mean, obviously, we we there was enough talk. Like you hear it, you see it. Um, I don't jump on my phone when I get up each morning to check the standings and and all that. But um, at the end of the day, like I said, have said before, it's first, second. Fifth, like whatever it is, obviously you want you want to be. I'm not saying we don't want to finish the highest possible, win as many games as possible, but we want to be playing our best basketball at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, if that's the case, and we're top or we're third or whatever it is, and we are, it kind of is what it is. But um, yeah, it's not a. We don't come in just saying that we want to finish. Like it, it'd be nice to finish top, but there's a, a lot more of a process of what goes on than just trying to finish top. So, March Madness is a big deal here. College basketball is a di- big deal for you and for Rudy and for Bojan. You know, if you're a foreign guy, you don't have a you don't have a dog in the fight. But I'm thinking on these uh, plane trips, and you're on the road with nothing to do. That some of these guys who do have schools. I mean, Donovan's got to be quiet because Louisville's not in. Uh, but some of these guys probably have a lot to say about March Madness. Is there a lot about that uh, going back and forth on the team or no? Uh, there hasn't been too much yet, but I'm sure it'll heat up once, uh, kind of once it gets going. Um, I'm on the Baylor Bears this year. Um, <laughs> is that what they're called? Yes. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. Well, Roy, I assume this is Royce, right? Royce got you going? He's a Baylor guy? Lindsay? Well, yeah, Dennis? There's a way bigger backstory. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. One, that's the one reason I didn't want to support them because of Dennis. I didn't want to. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be able to go against, like, so I could argue with Dennis about something. And <laughs> but I, Baylor was actually one of the schools, and probably, if not one of the closest schools. If I went to college, I was going to go to um, Scott Drew, who is still the coach now, was recruiting me. Um, whatever it was back in 1972, when I was a young fella, <laughs> um, I actually would have been there with Epe if I decided to go, which would have been kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it didn't didn't obviously go. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't St. Mary. I don't think St. Mary's are in this year. Um, no, I'd be surprised. I don't actually follow enough of it to know. And I I know they used to because they had a bunch of good Australians. But since they lost yeah. the good Australians, I'd be surprised. Um, so yeah, I'm just I was like, screw it. I'll just be on the Baylor Bears this year. So I'm on Royce's <laughs> team this year. So how close were you to actually going to college in the U.S.? Uh, about as close as you are to playing a game in the NBA. 
You know, once on the jazz floor, I did play in a charity game, and I hit a 17-footer, though. You got two points in your career. Yeah. That might get yeah. you a yeah. throw was there. Two, I think DJ was there, too. That. He can verify it. It's a fact. He nailed it, it down. He, he just, you could probably get it. It was sweet. It was pure. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> no. Not, ten second? Not, not too close. Um Obviously, it was when we, in Australia, when we were at the AAS and there's about 15 of us deciding what we want to do and you can go college or pro. And I think I was the only one out of our whole group. Um, and I'm talking like kind of Aaron Baines, Paddy Mills, all, all those guys were there with me. They all went to college. Um, I did listen to a few of the teams. There's only a few teams that I really listened to. It was St. Mary's, Baylor, um, a couple other ones, but... Um, yeah, I just didn't, uh, I don't know, I just didn't want to do the educational part of it, which if I knew what I knew now, I probably would have gone because there isn't much educational part of it. Um, <laughs> but no, I just, yeah, I sat and listened to them and figured out, uh, I guess, what I needed to do schooling-wise. I probably would have had to do a few extra classes and then um, obviously sit at test or whatever you have to sit to to get in and yeah. I just had no interest so I was like I'm just going to go pro and uh, didn't uh, didn't look back at all I, I I loved my my journey so it would have been cool to I guess go and spend a year or something and just experience it to have the experience but um, I wouldn't change it for for anything so I am curious if St. Patrick's Day is a thing in Australia or not so much. Absolutely. You get to drink beer. Anything that you get to drink beer in Australia is a thing. Mate. There it Fosters. is. Fosters. Yeah, not Fosters, but anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, um, yeah, it's pretty popular. I mean, it's. I'm saying this coming from a guy who hasn't lived in Australia since I was 12 years ago. Um, but no, it's always a. Most Australians will find any excuse to be able to go and have a beer and watch them. Uh, the AFL starts, I think, this week, this weekend. So everyone will be able to go to the pub and watch the AFL and have a beer and be very sensible. Are they going to uh, have fans at the AFL this year? How's that progressing? Or are they going to be more like NBA games? Yeah, I haven't. Um, I was actually I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, we are basically completely open in Australia and have been for a while. There's been a couple mini kind of lockdowns, but it's it's funny. I I laugh a little bit about it because they were talking like on the news. I think it was a few weeks ago, we're down to like X number of of cases or whatever, it's three or 400, whatever it was. And obviously that's good from where we were in the thousands um, a little while ago, but still, that's still a decent number. Um, and I think it was about two weeks ago now, a week or two ago, <laughs> Melbourne, I think it was Melbourne had one case and they shut the borders to Melbourne for like three days to like, um, what do you call it? like slow the slow the spread or whatever one one person and mm. they shut the borders so they they obviously they take it which I, I mean honestly I think that's probably a little extreme like they 
they take it that serious. I, I feel like that's, I could see if you have a flight come in and there's like a hundred people or 80 people on the flight and, and they're all going, landing and going to their respective places from there. It's a little bit different, but they had like, it was like one or two cases and they shut down the the city for a few days. So uh, we, we take it serious and, um, which is obviously why on the flip side, New Zealand as well. I think New Zealand was probably the best at how they handled it. But um, yeah, we're, we're completely open. I see my friends at restaurants and bars and sporting events. So I don't know what our AFL stadiums in the two in Melbourne, one holds 100,000, the other one holds like 60,000. Um, so usually they're not, they're not sold out, but they're usually on a like a regular weekend, kind of probably 70% filled, depending on who's playing. Um, so you're talking like 60,000, 70,000 people um, going to the game. So I don't know what the numbers are, if they are having kind of no restrictions on it or if they will limit it just to be safe. But, I mean, off to, I mean, without reading anything, I would say it would be pretty open. Um, the NBL or the basketballs had crowds. Um, so... Yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see. Hopefully, for their sake, for the players' sake, they, they have some fans there. Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate it. Hope we brightened up your day sitting in a hotel room for, you know, 20 you minutes. Did. Jazz you fans did. hanging on your every word. It was, the, it was the greatest thing on the trip so far. Well, that is a sad trip then. You're <laughs> right. Sorry about that. Maybe a little bourree on the plane. That'll, that'll spark Maybe. things. Yeah. When do we fly? No, we got a game first. Yep, you do. We play, yeah, yeah. I got to play a game before. Play yeah, and then you're going to go to Tampa Bay for the first time. You haven't been to Tampa Bay for the NBA, for the. Uh, for I the have NBA. literally no idea where that is. <laughs> it's close to Orlando, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't. Uh, it'll be cool. I don't know. Yeah. Is it? Is it cool? It's. Uh, yeah. I've never been there, but uh, yeah, it looks good. There's a lot of water. It's Florida. There's the ocean. The temperatures ought to be nice for the you know 12 minutes you're allowed outdoors. So my hotel will be nice. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joe. No worries. Thanks for having me. Joe Ingles Show right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And it is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future.